This is a quick disclaimer. Although the wise investor is trying to educate people on personal finance, what we talk about on the show is not actually financial advice for your personal and unique situation. Before trying to do anything with your money, always consult a professional. Hey, this is Anthony. And I'm Sal. And you're listening to the Wise Investor Podcast, where we help Canadians become more financially literate one post at a time. This is what they did not teach you in school. This episode of the podcast was recorded on June 27th, 2018. All right, live video. I studied psychology in school, and it's like there's a lot of like movements and stuff that you could do to really get fired up, touching, yeah. gets the endorphins going, <laughs> stuff like this, you know? I'm right. not really a touchy feely guy. Me either, yeah. but that's how it is. Actually, I, I like hugs. <laughs> I like hugs! <laughs> Alright, ready to go? Depends who. Depends who! Welcome, welcome, welcome to this week's episode of What They Did Not Teach You in School. Today we have the usual Sal Longo, yours truly, and a very special guest, Lisa, at Lisa in the City. If you just put your hand out like this, Alfie will make it so that it says Lisa in the City right there. Alfie, you got skills, Alfie. (laughs) All right. So uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself. Lisa, actually beforehand, I'd like to say Lisa is big on social media. I love her stuff. Check her out if you haven't already. Um, the Real Estate Quickies, is that what it's yeah, 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 called? Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to know a little bit about how you got started with that. And, uh, you know, you're a realtor in the Vaughan area. Yeah. Uh, a little bit about how you got into this industry and how it relates to social media. Where That's a lot of damn today? questions. Let's <laughs> go one at a time. I want to I I know I'm how... I'm going to take off these bracelets uh, for a second because they're no like... No worries. Really I want to know how you got here today and what's your story. So I hopped on the 407. <laughs> okay. No, so um, I've been in real estate actually for a long time, but I don't even want to tell that story because really like when it comes down to it, like as a kid, I didn't think like, oh my God, when I grow up, I want to be a real estate agent one day. No, like... What did you want to be when you you were a kid then? I don't know. Like, I knew that I had, like, these two different things. One was a very creative side of me, and one was a very analytical side of me. I liked the numbers, but I also liked to do crazy, like, creative stuff. And Mm -hmm. I could never find any... When I went into um, doing strictly creative things, I felt like something was missing. And then when I did things that were strictly analytical, I also felt something was missing. But entrepreneurship was the only thing that I felt like I could kind of mesh the two parts of my brain. Um, you know, with, the marketing yourself, it's all creativity really. And with getting, you know, especially we're in a very financial type of industry, both of us, like you guys Mm -hmm. and me. And that kind of satisfies that side of the brain. So that's kind of how I indirectly ended up here. Directly, my mom at one point was like, you got to do something with your life. You have all your side jobs are selling. Why don't you go sell real estate? At least you'll actually make some money. (laughs) (laughs) And that's kind of how it just happened, right? And you've been doing real, uh, you've been a realtor for how long now? About 13 years. 13 years. That's lucky number for Italians. Oh, yeah, that's right. (laughs) And bad luck for everybody else. So go figure. We'll see how the year goes. (laughs) How it was like to be different. (laughs) All right, and then uh, the real estate quickies, those actually make yeah. me laugh all the time. So. so I think the thing you asked me earlier was like, what's the one thing that makes you different? Because yeah. I mean, there's like a million real estate agents yeah. out there. Mm-hmm. Um, 
is probably is my videos. So I do this thing called um, Real Estate Quickie, which is where my husband and I are giving you sort of the real estate market stats for that month, and we're basically like kind of naked. So it's like the quickie, <laughs> and we make it. The whole premise behind those videos was to take like stats, which are like boring, confusing, and don't really mean a lot to people and deliver it in a way that's conversational entertainment and what this like new term that I'm trying to make a thing which is valuetainment mm. um, you know because people don't just want info they want information but they don't want to like have to stick a pen through so their true. eye right so true that's something that we talk about all the time here because the the, the information that people is get that you're giving people is very important but it's yeah. so hard to make it interesting yeah. which is why not a lot of people care about it exactly sure. it's like you know when you have to take a pill like you're sick the doctor gives you a pill you can take those like big horse pill chalky pills and you got to take it okay it's good for you you got to take it or you can take one that's like candy coated like the Flintstones yeah I used to like, like even <laughs> Advil why do you think Advil I'm, I'm Advil for yeah. I'm Advil for real estate okay, okay. <laughs> I love it I love it that's a good <laughs> All right. What area of real estate do you really focus on? Like, do you have a niche or anything like that that you've found you repetitively do? Like, do you, ha do you deal with one type of real estate? Residential, um, commercial, a certain mostly, area? Yeah, I'm mostly residential, for sure. I have dabbled in other things throughout my career, but I keep going back to residential. I just like that transaction a little bit more. Why? Um, it's more... I don't know why it's just kind of like it's just kind of where things kind of went for me and um it, i don't know it just kind of happened that way like I don't, I don't have yeah. yeah it's and i don't know maybe it's just the interaction like it just i really work well in that area so that's just kind of where i went i have definitely like dabbled in like the commercial industrial but like it's such a man's world. I've actually had like I've actually had like owners of plazas. I won't even say names or locations, but where he's like, "Can you please leave the room? Negotiation is not for women." And I'm like, "Whatever." What? Just, yeah. That still happens. Yeah, yeah. Because it's a very old like when you're talking about owners of plazas, generational. They're yeah. a very. It's a very traditional older yeah. generation, right? So, but anyways, what we're a not world, gonna get what in, a world we live in. We're not gonna get into that. That is terrible. Yeah, I don't. Anyways, I don't want to bring that to the conversation. Let's talk about other stuff. But right. like, um, the plate. Like when I first got into real estate, I was like very much in the Toronto market, like downtown kind of market. And then as my clients kind of like, you know, start getting married and having kids and all this, like I just kind of went where they are. My like, the way it's kind of working in the last little, I would say in the last seven years is that the meeting place tends to be Vaughn. Either they pass through Vaughn, mm. um, they live in Vaughn, they're going to Vaughn. That's kind of the place now where like they're working in Vaughn. Like something, they somehow pass through Vaughn and like, then we meet. That makes sense. Vaughn is slowly turning into like a new little hub over here, you know? So yeah. I look, Especially with the subway and yeah, all I look, that. I look forward yeah. to see what really happens drawing. over the next five years, 10 yeah. years. Um, so what we've talked about a lot on The Wise Investor is that um, interest rates have been going up and because of that, it's harder to, with, with the new mortgage rules and everything yeah. like that, it's harder for people to get mortgages, which is why we had Joey Tomaselli on a couple weeks ago. We were chatting about- Did you see our video that yeah, we did, did. with him? Yeah, I did, it was really funny. Check that out, it's like The Bachelor, a parody of The Bachelor. Yeah, yeah, so funny. that was really funny actually. So uh, yeah, he's a funny character, that guy. Yeah. Genuinely funny. Yeah. So 
uh, we were talking a little bit about how January, the new rules made it harder for people to get mortgages, which yeah. in turn, we've seen somewhat of a correction right. in the real yeah. estate market over the last like yeah, yeah. six months. How has that impacted your business? Have you noticed anything in particular about people's buying patterns or are yeah. more people looking to buy, less people are looking to sell? What have you seen? Yeah, things have definitely slowed down, mostly in like the larger homes I found because everybody, as soon as something major happens, like some kind of an announcement that could potentially affect real estate, the first thing people do is go, It's psychological, right? What's gonna happen, like, <laughs> yeah. So, so it's all, everything that happens is basically like, okay, is this going to affect? Because if people think they can get a better deal, the pause happens, exactly. right? They wait a couple months and then it's like, okay, nothing's really happening. So then they start dipping into the exactly. market. One of the things we talk about a lot on our uh, real estate quickie videos is that it's a really good time to buy a detached home right now. Condo market, yeah. I'm sure you guys know, like it still has been very busy and healthy and there's even multiple offers again yeah. in, in that market. A friend of mine just had his house, uh, his condo on like King. Why didn't obviously, he call me? Obviously, like <laughs> <laughs> he's actually he's actually a realtor as well. Uh, he sold his um. King Place, King Street <laughs> Place in like three days. Still yeah. condos yeah. where we see detached houses, they're taking like yeah, they're a month or two longer. to like yeah. sell. Depending on the size and the price, but. Uh, yeah, they're, they're taking longer. People are, they have a little bit more time. And to be honest, that's actually like for us where we're used to, like you put something on the market and before you can put a sign or put it on the market, everyone's like sold, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. they're buying it right away. That was an abnormal market. What market. we're in now is actually more of a normal Bounds, market, yeah. but because relatively speaking, it feels so much slower. Everybody's like, Oh my God. The, Guys falling. True. Very That's true. always how, how it And works, they actually right? sound like that. Yeah. <laughs> and, they create, and they create this guy to true, fall, right? That's a true uh, <laughs> comparison right yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. Well, oh, when, you know. you, when you have a lot of people, you know, thinking the sky's falling, they create the market corrections, right? Yeah. So it, it's sometimes it's not even just yeah. numbers. It's just market psychology, right? Yeah, so. yeah. For sure. I mean, and that, the psychology is actually the thing that pushes the market the most, right? Mm -hmm. So... But yeah, I mean, overall, I would say like if someone's looking to get into a detached, like this is a time you can negotiate. You know, last year, not last, well, earlier yeah. last year, um, I went, I like it so often I'd go put an offer for someone on a detached home and there was a lineup. They yep. didn't even let us into the house. They, the, the agent would stand at the front door and be like, <laughs> your offer okay yeah thanks bye and I was like that took eight man. hours to get to the, yeah. the, sell, the seller had all the power and now there's a little bit of a switch you know yeah and it's a little bit yeah it's it's definitely a little bit of a switch I mean there's still not like tons that's out there so it kind of balances the power on both sides but um, you know what, what I think of, it's better I think it's better I, I, I think so too it's because especially when I'm thinking with like time frames and planning uh, it's better that someone takes two two months to sell a house plus like whatever two or three months of closing before it actually closes so that people can then go out and look and find another place in, to move into or whatever yeah, the case yeah. is where last year very much so people would sell the place and then be scrambling to find yeah. a new place and it would be even more difficult to buy so yeah, yeah. I kind of like it better this way something that we were talking about before that I want to touch upon now we might as well is pre-construction condos a lot of, a lot of young, a lot of, <laughs> a lot of young people, especially my clients, are, they are intrigued by pre-construction condos. I'm going to give an argument for the pro, and then I'm going to let you go ahead and give us your perspective and on smash it. Smash it. Yeah, because pre-construction condos, let's say a place is whatever three hundred thousand dollars, 
you have to put sixty thousand dollars down. No, you, it, usually it's more than that yeah. now. But yeah. yeah, so let's so let's just say that uh, whatever. For easy uh, math, five hundred. Five hundred, five hundred thousand. You yeah. gotta put a hundred thousand down. Yeah. Okay. So let's say five hundred thousand, and you have to put a hundred thousand down. A lot of millennials don't have a hundred thousand dollars in order to put down on this thing. So a scheduled kind of like savings plan where they're putting the money in makes it a whole lot more palatable to. to I think to I. Do. I think that's an. I. I think that's the. That's how it's being sold. Is mm-hmm. that. Like everyone thinks, like, oh, I'm gonna put. Uh, I don't need to get the mortgage until like that's years from thing now. Too. You don't have and to that's pay interest the on the mortgage. Okay, but look at the direction mortgages are going. Is that to your advantage right now? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, isn't it better to lock in now than to wait until maybe things inch up? I wonder what the actual math the other, is. The other thing as well is like, you have a condo. Maybe you're buying it for a, a rental. And you're not getting a tenant in there to rent it out, right? So yeah, you don't have the mortgage, but you also lost two, three, four years of this rental is, This is the experience that I've personally had selling it and actually being a buyer. Like I'm in real estate, so I invest in real estate, mm-hmm. right? And I I actually did, if anyone's interested to know the details, I did a, an article for each um, Huffington Post about this four years nice. ago. And then I actually like did a, a YouTube video about it and like actually broke it down like nice. how much on this pre-construction totally condos? on pre-construction on my experience buying pre-construction condos so here Could here's the thing or something throw a link in there. Yeah. yeah we can throw a link in there we will. um so here's the thing with pre-construction condos and it's not when before when like i'm talking about like at least 10 years ago you would buy a pre-construction condo the builder would pay, would charge you today's price per square foot mm-hmm. but you didn't have to pay till tomorrow that was the whole premise be- behind pre-construction condos is that a deal fuck yeah, yeah. oh can i swear yeah you can okay so um <laughs> so maybe that's i'll feel bleep that no out we're allowed with the money <laughs> okay okay so so here's the thing if you're paying today's prices but you don't have to pay t- till tomorrow there's a future value there mm-hmm. Th- that's an oppor- that's an opportunity mm-hmm. you know you don't have to get the mortgage and you get to pay today's prices builders don't do that anymore so what do they do now now they're paying you what they anticipate tomorrow's costs are going to be because their levies they don't know what they're going to be and that's why now if you buy pre-construction they say these are the levies these are the additional costs for that you that, never for have for those to that pay. don't know what levies are can so you explain that it's just basically it's just like a cash grab for builders it's your added uh, closing costs which is another thing why I don't I've heard like about that too for people that build pre-construction and then when the actual closing comes the builder asks for more money oh I, you know what I'm gonna do a video one day on uh, a pre-construction condo that closed uh, that I personally so I don't mind showing the numbers where to actually show what the closing costs are on a pre-construction con they are astronomical <clears throat> hmm. Now, if you are, you can reduce some of them if you are going to actually be the person living in the condo. You don't have to pay HST in that case. Mm-hmm. But if you are going to be an investor, mm-hmm. that's you know thirteen percent on the purchase price. Yeah, yeah, not on twenty bucks when you go to the store. Mm-hmm. On four or five hundred thousand yeah. dollars. So you need to come up with a good like thirty thousand dollars plus. Right. Whatever the math is. Yeah. So like. That's that's a huge cost that you would not have to pay if you just went and bought uh, a resale condo, rented it out, collected your rent, built equity because everyone talks about oh it's going to be worth more. But the, if you compare the price per square foot that a builder is charging you when you go, if you because I do that for my clients when they get the price list, I break it down. What's the price per square foot? Then I'll compare it to a building that currently exists. It's always, always higher. Always higher. Always really? higher. Hmm. 
because they have to. The builder knows. They're, you, they're, you think they're going to let you make the money or they make the money? <laughs> There's obviously a margin, right? Yeah, like they're not stupid. Very interesting on pre-construction photos because they're very hot right now for us. They are because people are still operating on old principles. This is the thing <clears> people <throat> have to understand with a market. There's no such thing as this is the formula for any kind of investment, but especially for real estate, I can tell you personally. There's no such thing as a formula that if you do this at all times you will make money no in this market if you do this now in this market there's maybe a different opportunity and, and you where, have to know that and that's where having a professional actually comes into play because I'm you know sure. i didn't want to say but. <laughs> <laughs> the reason why you use a professional especially with large transactions like real estate is yeah. because a small mistake will cost you tens of thousands of dollars look, i'm a real estate agent telling you don't buy pre-construction condos and, and we know that real estate agents get paid well on pre-construction condos. Very well. Uh-huh. Yeah. Which is kind of... So either I'm stupid or I'm telling the truth. Now, it could be a little of both, but I'm just <laughs> saying, like, there's no incentive for me to be telling you don't buy them. Okay, so moving on from pre-construction condos, and we're going to come back to this, but okay. I wanted to ask if, if not... Sorry, how much? Seventeen minutes. Okay, oh, we're shit. good. <laughs> it's okay. It Podcast salad so goes longer. Okay. Yeah. What is, we've actually been moving away from like the shorter 10 minute, 12 minute videos because we put it into podcast style. Okay. And something about human psychology is that if you listen to a five minute podcast, it You'll feels like one minute. Uh, and if you watch a one minute video, it feels like 15 minutes. Really? Yeah. Damn. Then my... <clears throat> it's a different type of brain. Right? Yeah. Like I, I'm not sure, <laughs> I'm not sure what it is, but I was looking into it and I noticed it even myself, but... Moving on from pre-construction condos because they're very hot for millennial first-time home yeah, buyers. I get that. What would you recommend for someone if they're a first-time home buyer? Maybe they're just about to get married or just got married and they're looking mm -hmm. to start with their starter house. What would you recommend? I think condos are a great place to start <clears throat> because of the affordability. There, you, you can usually get them in. You can be in an incredible location at an affordable price. And so I have nothing against condos. I just think that if you can get into that area and not pay Too much. A, yeah not pay a premium <laughs> yeah. down the street you can get in the exact same area a building that currently exists make money on it now and pay less for it i mean okay to me that seems like a i have deal. a question for you so and how, i'm talking about numbers yeah, right? how about like in terms of we have clients that look to purchase condos and whatever and you should tell them to call me and <laughs> and what happens is we see like the maintenance on a lot of these units are extremely high Right, so how does that come into play? Some people are like, you know, maybe a condo's cheaper, I'm in a better area, but I'm paying, you know, five, six, seven hundred dollars depending on, you know, the square foot and the maintenance cost. Well, I mean, maintenance goes by the price per square foot. So the larger the condo, or if you have like lots of lockers and parking spots, mm -hmm. that's gonna increase your maintenance. The other thing is the amenities. So if that's you right. have like bowling alleys and, you know, movie uh, theaters. Movie theaters. I saw one with an indoor golf. Uh, the golf, golf simulators. Thing. Like there's all these things that you never use. Like really, the the amenities that people want, as like from a resale point of view, that are very important and people actually use. They want concierge security, um, and they want uh, a gym. And even the gym, they don't really use, but go to, they want to like have an actual it. gym, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think the gym ends up being the place that people go when they can't get to their real gym. True. Like in the winter, mm -hmm. it's like yeah. okay, fine. You at least I can walk down the street. Or yeah, whatever, yeah, that kind of thing. But those are really the only two amenities that are like 
very important for people. And for first-time buyers, what, what are some good pockets in the GTA that you would recommend for people if they want to get an affordable price at some good value and good location? You know what? Like Cause, cause, my because met... i got to say that a lot of my friends are being forced to either move up north to like yeah. Bradford and stuff yeah. or out west to like Milton and like Or even south. Burlington. A lot of clients are moving south, yeah. Yeah, yeah. like even Hamilton and stuff. Yeah, so. that's yeah. because... And the thing is, okay, so what I always tell people if you're going to go into like outskirts and stuff like that is... Um, and just in general, if you, if you want to make a good investment and you want to pay a good price, <laughs> the best thing you can do is follow the infrastructure. And what I mean by that is things like there's the new subways, there's extension of highways, there's a ghost station. Uh, you want to make sure that the timing is right, not necessarily when they announce it, but when they actually, there's like, you know, the shovel has hit the ground because things can change so from an announcement. <clears throat> um, the, 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 the York subway was supposed to be ready for the Pan Am Games yeah, yeah. years ago. <laughs> um, but follow the infrastructure because as soon as the infrastructure comes and you look at places like Keswick had a little like Keswick had like this like bl like burst mm -hmm. all of a sudden because they extended the 404 now sure. people can go there live there at an affordable price and still work in Markham to, would yeah. be to Brooklyn area 407 got extended and they're extending it again like those are places that goes from like uh, now all of a sudden to get there, builder, you can buy something like from a builder there because it's going to be an affordable price because they need to do that in order to get people to go there. True. And then the demand is going to be increased because now accessibility. That's right. what you, you got to follow that shit. Mm -hmm. So if you had like two places that you would recommend, I know everybody's different. You'd recommend different things. What are your favorites right now that you've been eyeing out? It really depends on like, I mean... It depends on what the goal is. Is your goal equity? Is your goal uh, cash flow? Like, there's Let's different say a things. Young, a young professional family or whatever, young and family. Money's no object. No, not even that. <laughs> it's just they're they're looking, so it's not cash flow that they're looking for. They're, they're just looking, looking at to a place move to start. In. Okay. I would say, and if, okay, if, if you're, I mean, the more south you go, you kind of have to, a lot of people for first time homebuyers, you got to get into the condo market just to start. Mm -hmm. Um two things if you're looking uh, if it's a family maybe you can't fit into an actual condo you're looking from a home person like a detached perspective detached home i would say go for those old bungalows the reason is because um number one the land the the foundation of a bungalow takes more land so they tend to be you get you get more property mm -hmm. that's yeah. always a nice little cushion for you later on in life the other thing is that with the basement uh, because it's a bungalow and the foundation's so huge, if you ever need extra income to help you pay off this mortgage faster, basement basements are humongous and you can rent them for great prices. Mm -hmm. If you want to turn it into an investment, you got a duplex right there, and mm -hmm. you can't and and they're good sizes, so they become very easy to rent. For sure. Okay. Good point. For and sure. those are neighborhoods that you see turnover really quickly. Um, the other question, what did you ask me again? I was actually going to move on to a better question about oh. first-time home buyers, and we were okay. talking about it before, before we started, and yeah. it was that, and we talk about it a lot here on The Wise Investor too, is that if you don't get into the real estate market, let's say you have $100,000 to buy that $500,000 place, and you have it in a stock portfolio, whatever, bonds and mutual funds, whatever, yeah. um, that will get you maybe 6% per year, which on $100,000 is $6,000 a year. Right? Yeah. Now you could buy a property and let's say the properties are going up three, four percent per year. 
let's it's higher say, than that, but yeah, yeah. Let's just say on average. You're just trying to like bring real estate down. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> you know what? I'm not. Wait for my punchline on okay. this. All right? Leverage. So because it's leveraged, 4% on a real estate property that's worth 500000 is actually $20,000 a year. But 6 or 7 or even 8% on a $100,000 portfolio yeah, yeah. is only $8,000 a year. Yeah, so yeah. what is actually happening is if, if you don't get into the real estate market, prices of real estate are continuously going up and it's the money that you have to buy that isn't keeping up. So yeah. it's harder and harder to get in. So what would you recommend for those people well, that are waiting on the sidelines? So one of the things is you can't wait anymore. Like if you have money to put somewhere then and, and you're looking to invest it in actual something that's gonna make you money, like, cause there's one thing if you're gonna invest in yourself and your business and you need to get that. Cause you need money to like, and went to, to get to the point of investing. It's a really good book, uh, Multiple Streams of Income by Robert Allen. Did you guys read that book? No. We were just that talking about great, multiple streams of income last, last week episode. too. Yeah. So. Great book, and the whole concept of it is like, first you want money coming in, and then when that bucket fills, then it goes to the next bucket, and that's how you should set up your finances mm -hmm. in that way. Mm -hmm. um, but anyways, uh, one of the things that I'm telling first-time homebuyers right now is you know when you're if you have money and you want to go and buy that property the 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 typical way people think is like i'm going to go buy a, a property for me to live in then they they're current let's say they're currently renting something that's seven eight hundred square feet they're used to that kind of a space mm -hmm. they look at what they can now afford and they're like i can only afford 500 square feet right. i don't want, i'm not gonna i'm not gonna downsize my life like i want to i want to buy something better or the either, same they either wait or they buy it in their house broke yeah but what i think people should do is buy what you can afford mm -hmm. and then rent it out if you sure. want to live in some in a better area or a bigger space rent where you're living and rent it out get in the market let it build equity for you maybe collect some a little bit of cash flow if you can and just get that building up Absolutely. so that way you kind of get the best of both worlds and it doesn't stop you from actually getting into the market because the big thing that people are talking about right now is that Toronto is going under a Manhattanization mm -hmm. um, we are going to become now, I, what's going to happen? Who the heck knows? But it's definitely looking like it's going in it that direction. Yeah, and um, for those which, that for those that want to know, the Manhattan effect is like the argument against overpriced real estate in the Toronto market. A lot of people say that it's overpriced. Yada yada yada. There may be a large correction. And the other side of the coin is that there's this Manhattan effect where Toronto is going to be one of the best places to own real estate in the world. And when you compare to other top cities in around the world, we're actually very cheap. We're not even in the top 20. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So, and the thing is, is that in terms of like how expensive, like, yeah, Toronto's expensive, but like we're not even in the top 20 in terms of expensive when you talk about so big cities. So this real estate boom could potentially just be getting started and yeah who knows and i mean we don't know what's going to happen and there could be a bit of a correction but then i mean if you look at inflation just in general and taxes like do you think your taxes are going to get more expensive or less expensive more expensive do you think your life is going to gonna, it has to because look at everything that's being yeah. supplied by the government like mm -hmm. so prices it's kind of inevitable and they're saying that really toronto is going to look a lot like uh manhattan where real estate is owned by really corporations and wealthy people and everybody else rents hmm. could very be the case uh, we're only gonna find out as time goes 
One last question as we wrap up, and I ask this to everybody, and I gave you a little bit of a preamble on that, is that we're in the real estate business and the investing business, and a lot of people that aren't in it every single day have a lot of misjudgments or whatever the case is, uh, myths that are out there. A lot of them we've talked about today. If there was one thing that you wish all the consumers out there and potential real estate investors that aren't in the business knew that you know, what would it be? Well, the pre-construction condos suck. They're not as good as they used to be. If, if it's from the perspective of making money as an investor, they suck. Um, I think that's the big one for me right now because so many people think it's like the way it used to be and it's it's not. And I know there, like there's so many other agents that get pissed off when I say this, but it's the truth and I can't pretend like it's not. Thank you very much. Thank you, Lisa. Lisa, our guest today on what they did not teach you in school. We wish there were more things in high school and elementary school that taught us about (laughs) this kind of stuff. It's true. Which is why we continue to do it week in and week out. So until next time, Sal Longo, yours truly, Lisa coming in today. What they did not teach you in school. You guys are awesome, eh? High five to you guys. for tuning in to this week's episode hope you enjoyed it be sure to follow us on instagram at the wise investor until next time this is what they did not teach you in school we hope to see you soon